Hello, everyone. You're here with Maureen Siddiqui and Alexis Lenahan. Welcome back for another episode of The Unleashed Leader, where we talk about all things leadership and how to break free from what is holding you back so you can truly become limitless. And listen, this episode may have originally aired live to Facebook. So if you want to watch the actual video, be sure you click on the show notes in the description and you can access the link to the video on YouTube. We want to talk to you about the fear of commitment. And now this is a topic that we can talk about in so many different areas of life, um, whether that's in our relationships, both personal and professional, whether that is risk taking in business, whether that is um, just making a change, right, in our lifestyle, in our health, in professionally. So let's dig into what a fear of commitment actually looks like. Because sometimes we may be saying things to ourselves, having certain thoughts, and we don't really class it as a fear of commitment, but it definitely is. And how can we then overcome this fear and start taking action? Because one of the biggest drawbacks or challenges or negative things about the fear of commitment is that it keeps us where we are. It keeps us playing small and it stops us from taking the action that we need to grow, to develop and to reach new levels in our life. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, with uh, if, if we're not addressing this fear of commitment, then we're not addressing what's actually that big elephant in the room. That elephant in the room that's there that's telling us like, oh, are you, are you sure you want to do this? You start to overanalyze, start to question yourself. If you find yourself doing that whenever you've set a goal or a commitment to do something and all of a sudden you're in your head thinking about, can't do this, I don't have time. What if I this or what if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? Whatever it is that you're asking those questions then you're, you need to stop the overanalyzing, really. <laughs> you're not in the present. You're already so far in the future. You're creating your own anxiety and overwhelm around it, and it hasn't even occurred. So it's being really, <clears throat> excuse me, it's really being present that um, when your mind is starting to race on those things and has you stopped, that's what we call limiting beliefs or that imposter syndrome that I'm not capable of doing it or you know it's not going to happen for me. That when you're over analyzing all that, then you get stuck and then you don't move forward. And then six months, a year from now, or five years from now, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I once wanted to do that. I wish I had done that before. You know, I wish I was there now. Yeah, I think that's the toughest thing with, you know, not taking that action is that in the moment we think, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll start it after, you know, after my birthday or after this thing happens. But then time goes by so quickly. And I, like you said, a year can go by two years. And not that you are necessarily in a worse off place, but you're in the same place. You're in the exact same place when you were hoping for advancement, when you were hoping for growth, when you were hoping to take things to the next level. And not only have you not accomplished things that you want to accomplish, but now you're looking back being like, I thought I'd be way more ahead by now. I thought I'd be in this position by now. I thought I would have started my family. I thought I would have done all of these things. And now one, two, three years have gone by and I'm in the same place. That's a heartbreaking place to be. But you have to be able to really get honest with yourself and say, did I do the things necessary to advance myself? Did I do the things I needed to do? Did I push myself out of the comfort zone into that growth zone? Where does the responsibility fall on me? 
And then recognizing that now, what can you do to move forward? Because fear of commitment sometimes looks different looking at all the different options or every possibility under the stars before you make a decision or asking yourself, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this doesn't happen? And you sit there in indecision. Mm -hmm. Just constantly wonder, is this the right time? Is this the right time to do this? And Mm -hmm. it's not so much really that you're thinking about the timing of this event or, or the action that you need to take. It's like procrastination. It's a barrier preventing you from moving because let's be serious. The big decisions we have to make, we are rarely ready for them. Mm-hmm. Who's ready to have kids? Like, really, when it came down to it, you may thought, I remember being nine months pregnant, being like, I got this. I'm ready for this. This is no problem. The second it started getting really real, I was like, I am not ready. Mm-hmm. I, I, want to re- I want to refund this. I am not ready to go through with labor, with newborn. Rarely are we really truly ready in life until we're doing it until we show up and start doing all the things we have to do. One of the other things is we want things instantly. We're in a world of where everything needs to be instant. Things are delivered to us right to our home. We are right here on our phones and we can quickly order whatever it is that we want to order. We can do all the things with instantly. So we expect instant gratification. So notice that we forget that we need to honor the struggle. We really forget that we need to honor the struggle that we go through to get to what we want to achieve, whether it's a partnership, whether it's a new uh, level in your business, whether it's with your relationships, whether it's with your health. And that's what we're talking about is like really being realistic when you're making those commitments and that fear setting in and those limiting beliefs are coming in is nothing comes just easy. Sometimes it does. And those are the blessings. But most of the time you need to make compounding steps to achieve your goals. That's just the the reality of it. It's what we teach our children. Keep at it. Try again. Try again. Why do we build that in them? What I'm now seeing, even with my children, they're 17 and 14, that maybe we've been too instant with them. Okay, you need this. I'll get that. What is it that we need to do? We do this. So they have it that whatever they need should be available to them at any time rather than really working for it. Mm -hmm. So it actually worries me a little bit because of how instant things are, that what's going to happen for the next generation. Are they going to get lazier? (laughs) Will they not understand that they have to work towards it? So just noticing that that exists right now in this generation right now. And even for us in the corporate world and business, we're talking about we're always talking on a timeline. How quickly is, can we expect results? How fast can I see my ROI? And sometimes, sure, depending on the situation, that is an appropriate question. But sometimes it's setting you up to not take that risk. The ROI could be 10 times that of another decision, but we're not willing to take the time. We're not willing to commit. We're not willing to honor the struggle and see it through. And so we, we stop ourselves before we even begin. We see ourselves, uh, we see this happening with entrepreneurs, with business owners, um, as they have to maybe make the shift from that brick and mortar store or other ways of doing business to going virtual this year. Some businesses failed completely because they had that fear of doing something out, doing something new. They had a fear of committing to, uh, okay, now I have to use my website. Now I have to use social media to market my business. Now I have to do all these different things that I wasn't used to doing before or 
because it's the only way now that you could reach that greater audience, but their fear of commitment and their fear of showing up stopped them. And then unfortunately, a lot of businesses failed. I know there was other reasons. I'm not saying that was the reason for everybody, but I know in my own circle, some things failed just because they had that fear of commitment of trying something new. Even in corporate, like you're going through a reorg, a lot of things are changing. There's a lot of fear around that. Should I jump ship and go to another company? What's going to be happening? It's okay. You can change your mind at any time. So we're going to go more into that later. The other thing is that really being, making sure that you know the necessity. What is that commitment? Being emotionally attached to the reason why you want this to happen. If you're not committed or attached to what it is, why you're accomplishing whatever that goal is, then you're less likely to achieve that goal. For example, many of us want, like, want, want to try to lose weight. If we're not attached to the emotional effect of it, then nine out of 10 times we end up failing. What is it that you're attached to? What is it that you're going to get from accomplishing the goal? Maybe you have more energy. Maybe you can do the things that you weren't able to do before. Maybe you'll feel better, more confidence. Maybe you've got all these emotions attached to that goal that you need to be present to every single day. So maybe you create a reminder for yourself. A lot of times we create these goals and we don't really have a why. If you don't have a why for it, then you're probably not going to follow through with your goal. So that's why it's really, really important that every single day you remind yourself why you're working towards this goal. What is it that you're trying to achieve? The seven layers of why. Yeah. I heard this first from Simon Sinek. I'm not sure if it was his or if he found if he adopted it from somewhere else. But it's that when you're coming up and he's big about like, what's your why? And letting your why motivate you to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the seven layers of why is asking yourself why you want to do something seven times. I'm going to rename this like the toddler approach because, you know, it's like, why? Why? Because I said that. Why? <laughs> Ask yourself why seven times. It is frustrating. I do. I have, since I heard this, I heard it years ago, but then forgot and heard it again a few weeks ago. And I just did it to myself. I asked him and I was getting annoyed with myself, but it got me to that real reason of why I want to do something. And that seventh layer of why was the real reason that I wanted to, to make that a goal, that I wanted to see that goal accomplished. And it was emotional. It was really emotional. And when I got there, it wasn't the first or second or third or even sixth thing that I had come up with. It was the seventh and it was a much deeper commitment. It was a much deeper sort of emotional attachment. And so, and I only would have got there if I kept pushing because we start, those first few layers are very shallow. Why do you want to, like, why do you want to, I wasn't this that I was talking about with a client that was a wanting to lose weight and it got down to the, to the level of, she had lost a parent very young Mm -hmm. with health concerns and she has young kids and she, you know, so it was a very deep rooted reason why her health was so important to her, but but she never actually broke down into that deeper layer. So it caused her to yo-yo diet all the time, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight was really susceptible to stress and her coping mechanism was binge eating. But when we got to that level, she was like, "I, I don't know why I've never even thought about, she lost a parent very, very young. And she's like, I never even really made the attachment before. Of course, she knows the story. It's her story, but she never made the emotional attachment. And all of a sudden, there was a whole new level of why taking care of her health now was so important to her. 
she was around the same age when she lost her, her dad. So, mm-hmm. but it never sunk in. And then she was at, committed at a whole new level. So really that emotional attachment, I think is really, really important to point out that you are emotionally attached to the necessity, the need, why is this need so strong? The necessity of this commitment. Yeah. So how do we overcome the fear of commitment? Now that we've identified it. How do you overcome it? Very great question. How do you overcome it? Well, it's first of all, it's noticing that the fear is there. And then noticing where is it actually coming from? Nine out of 10 times, I say this all the time, is it's coming from a past. It's a past-based conversation that you've already made this belief that I'm either already not going to make it, you're so far ahead that it's going to look a certain way that you may, may not be aligned with. It's That's one of the things that's really, really has you in that fear. And we actually talk to our clients a lot about this, like how to overcome that. And I was going to step back to the why. That's really, really important because that'll help you also get past that fear when you build that necessity. So I did, I did this whole exercise too. And why do we do what we're doing? Why is it so important? And it's because my why is that I know that people matter. You matter. If you don't think you matter, I am going to be your person that will tell you that you matter. And everything that you do or say or be matters to everyone. And you have that impact in this world. And once you get really aligned that you matter, you start to step past that fear. It doesn't matter what other people say. When you are aligned to that you matter, you start to move forward. That you are good enough, you start to move forward. So it really starts really deep-rooted as to working on your self-esteem and your self-purpose. When you start standing in that, you get really, really grounded and nothing else will matter. That's like the missing piece is shifting that mindset and really digging deep. Like, what is it that's really important to you? Why is it? And what has got you to where you are now? Now, how can you leverage that to take you to the next level? How many times have you like gotten a promotion and a new thing started, fear started coming up? Or now you've got kids, so you've got new challenges that are coming up. Or you move to a new city. Now you're like, oh my God, I don't know anybody here. What's going to happen? What if there's an emergency? Who do I contact? All these other fears start to show up. But really, these are things that they're outside of our control. So also notice what it is that you can control, what you can't control, and be very, very uh, practical with yourself. Is it happening to me now? No. Okay. Well, if it is to happen to me, will I be able to figure it out? Yes, you will. You'll be able to figure it out because you you guys are all powerful people. You're resourceful. You're able to figure things out. You've got to where you are now and you can go further. You just have to believe in that. When you start to believe in that, anything is possible. So kill that assassin. Kill that assassin. Assassinate that assassin so that you can start moving forward and get overcome the fear. And how you do that is just by facing it, as you just said, right? Facing it head on. Don't be afraid to unpack a little bit of that baggage that we all have as to what is it? What's that thought that's going on in the background that's stopping you from moving forward? I love Mm -hmm. it. I think this is something sometimes, depending on the situation, you simply have to just face that fear head on. Another thing, another way to overcome the fear of commitment is to understand your control in pivoting and the power Mm -hmm. of the pivot. 
sometimes when we're faced with a decision, we look at it thinking like, this is the end all be all life or death. If I make this decision, I have to move forward for the rest of my life. Even though that may not be what we say to ourselves, our brains get on that track. If I accept this job, I'm going to now be stuck in it for how X amount of years. If I say yes, I can't change my mind. And in actual fact, there's very few situations where you can't change your mind. Getting a tattoo, well, actually, that used to be my example, but now you actually can laser off a tattoo. But I was like, you can't always change your mind once you get a tattoo. It kind of stuck on you for a bit. But there's very few, in all seriousness, there's very few situations you cannot change your mind and pivot out of. Understanding that just because I commit to this now doesn't mean I can't shape what this commitment looks like. Doesn't mean that I can't negotiate what this commitment looks like. It's not that you're just looking for this job and you just accept whatever is offered to you. There's room for negotiation. And in most commitments, whether that's a relationship, a new relationship, it doesn't mean you have to go into that relationship and just accept whatever is in front of you. You Mm -hmm. can negotiate and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for in this relationship. Does that align with your goals? Yes. Perfect. Let's go to the next step. Doesn't mean you have to get married. Doesn't mean that that's the next eventual step. Hey, let's spend more time with each other. Let's find out a little bit more. Hey, are our goals still aligned? Are our values and our vision still aligned? Cool. Let's go to the next step. Sometimes we're like, we go to that very end step, but there's 10 of them that we could be taking, that we could be enjoying, that we could be learning and growing from. But we're so focused on the biggest, the biggest step of all, or the biggest commitment that's out there. We don't recognize how much power we have in shaping what that could look like. Understanding that you have more control than you think and that very few things are permanent. There's a lot of temporary out there that, like I said, give you a great experience, could allow you to learn a valuable lesson that you need to learn before you're going to break through to that next level to shape some of your experience. Maybe it shapes the path that you take from here on out or simply just to be entertaining, to bring you joy, to bring you some love and excitement and laughter in the moment. It may not be a permanent thing. So recognize the control that you have in that. And the next one is making sure that you have a community around you to support you. They want to be feel needed and they want to help. That's just something that's really innate in us. So if you understand that, then allow people to contribute to you and let them know what it is that you need. Even in, when we talk about with our clients, even with relationships, <clears throat> when we have expectations, have we spoken those expectations out, right? From our community or if it's in a relationship or whatever it is. You have to set those, actually speak it out so people understand they can align to it or even negotiate it and say, well, I don't know if I can meet that, but I can do this and this. Okay, now you're clear. So there's nothing for you to really feel disappointed about. And you can also look at it as when you have that community support, it actually lifts you. It actually makes you feel like, okay, they've got me. I can do this. And more than anything, you've got yourself. You can always change and you can always turn to somebody and ask for some help. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make you weak. I know there's two of the clients who jumped on board with us. And one of them has said, I thought it would make me look weak that I'm seeking out help. If you think about that, like you think that you have to figure it out all on your own. Our lives don't come with a manual. Why are there parenting books? Why are there all these books on like self-help books? Because people are wanting to figure it out. Our parents didn't have all the answers to tell us. 
I mean, we should forgive them for that. They did the best that they can. Did They did the best that they could. And I'm doing the best that I can for my children. I may not give them everything that they need, but they're going to have to figure it out on their own. What they do know is that there is help out there. They do have community around them to help them. Whether it's us, whether it's the community that they hang around, around with, maybe a mentor, maybe a coach, maybe a team lead, well, whoever it is. They have resources if they just reach out and ask. And that's really, really important. If you don't have community that's supportive and that's really driving you in a negative way, then you may want to look at how you can change that around. And sometimes just by who you're being and creating those boundaries will naturally retract all the ones that are negative and pull in all the ones that are positive. So you are responsible. That's the other thing. Being responsible. (laughs) You are responsible of yourself and your actions. So holding integrity to that and knowing what it is that you want and building the structures around you to make you successful. Read about successful people. They will tell you. They will tell you what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. And based off of what would work specifically for them is there. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of The Unleashed Leader with your hosts and high-performance coaches, Maureen and Alexis. If you enjoyed this episode and found some inspiration, motivation, or had a great aha moment, then please share it, like it, or review it. And if you have a great comment or a burning question, we would love to hear how we can help. Don't forget to check out our webpage at goalsetcoach.com and find Goal Set Coach on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And to make it easy to find us, you can text GSC to 404-737-3299 and you will get all the links sent to your phone directly. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you at the next episode. Bye now.